Okay, I've got, I've got, I've got a few things. God, oh my God, all right. Hi, everyone. Um, God, a chaotic morning for Abby, as per usual. Let me suck on my VIP water bottle. The only good thing I got from Bachelor in Paradise. So, God, what's been happening? I'm feeling very chaotic this morning. I have so much to talk to you about. I came in and I was like, Elise, there's so much to say. The first thing I want to talk to you all about, let's just let's just hit the ground running, is recently, so last week, I was having a drink with my friend Rowdy Walden. We would die for him. And we were at the stone wall and I had a nine-inch dildo in my handbag that we'd bought after we went to brunch and then we went and had drinks and it just it was like a 12-hour day. And at the end of said 12-hour day, I realized that nothing tangible will change when I say this, but I had this realization that I'm not fully comfy with being called bisexual. Not that I'm uncomfy with it, but I feel like a better term for me is queer. Queer. That was queer to anyone if they couldn't hear me whispering. If you're at work and you have your earphones down low. So queer, right? Okay. So I posted my story and some people were like saying that it was bi erasure. Let me identify how I want to identify. Leave me alone. Like, sorry, I understand why you think that, but I didn't say that I didn't. I said, you can still call me bi if you want to, but I feel like I'm more just queer. And this is the reasoning. But some people were saying, can you explain why? And they were being nice. And yes, I can explain why. Of course I can explain why. I think the biggest reason is when I've been saying that I'm bi, because I know that I'm not straight, but when I've been saying that I'm bi, I feel like there's pressure on me to like women and men equally, even though I know that isn't what bisexual is. And I know, yes, but internally I feel pressure. And instead of changing societal standards, I'd rather just one time not be the vanguard and just change what I call myself, everyone. Like, please, I don't have the power all the energy just change societal pressures on this one because I feel the pressures myself and I don't feel like I'm attracted to men and women equally because for me it changes probably weekly and then I have these crises if I have times where I'm more like I'm sleeping with more men I'm getting with more men then I'm like maybe maybe I'm a fraud maybe I'm not bi what's going on then I'll get with women and then I'm like oh my God, what's happening here? Like what? And I know that obviously you can be bisexual and have periods. So please, no one come for me. Like no one be like, now I'm having more bi erasure. That's what I'm doing. I'm saying my sexuality is fluid, very, very fluid. Therefore, I feel more comfortable saying that I'm just queer. It's just, you know, there's just something about her. And that is, she's queer. Because I feel like I don't talk about this very much, but whenever I get with women, I feel like I'm, I know I still get a bit like nervous about it. So I'm, I just want to be like, I'm queer. And ever since I've said that to Rowdy, because Rowdy was saying that he didn't feel like he was cool enough to be queer. And I said, you know what? I think I am. So thanks Rowdy. I mean, I think you are as well, babe. It's not really about being cool, but also, I mean, that's sad for you moving on. I am. <laughs> but I feel like I just you know, that's kind of long and short of it. If you want to say I'm bi, say I'm bi. I feel like, oh, like Abby's bisexual. Yeah, I guess that's what it means. I also feel like saying that I'm bi, I feel that it kind of excludes non-binary people. And I just would rather be like, I just, you know, I'm kind of figuring it out still. So it feels more comfortable to say the umbrella term of being queer than put myself into a category. And honestly, I felt more comfortable with my sexuality since I've said this. So... If um, you think it's bi-erasure, it's not, you know, if you want to say that I'm bi, go for it. But 
I just want to say that I'm queer because I feel like it's a bit better for me. And honestly, ever since then, I got with a girl on the weekend and I didn't feel as, um, I don't feel weird about it, but I always feel like pressure to, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I just felt like we're more comfortable with it. Maybe because I was drunk at a gay bar. But, you know, like it was, you know, it was, I don't know, I, I sometimes feel like when I say I'm bi as well, I feel like straight men, if you say you're bi, they're like, oh, yeah, so like you eat pussy and shit. But if you say you're queer, it's, they, they're more standoffish about it. They don't think it's like performative for them. Not that it is, it isn't, but let's all understand that straight men have a warped perception of reality unless they have experience with minorities at all, which do they often? No. So, yeah, that's that's it. That's long and short of it. I feel like it wasn't including the non-binary and, you know, gender queer community. And I also just feel like I feel less pressure to be a certain way and and do certain things. I'm still figuring it out. I'm still having a crisis once a day thinking, you know, what's going on. And I feel like that's stopped ever since I've said, no, I'm just queer and it's okay. That's it. Okay, number two. <laughs> I have a lot to tick done. I hope you guys can identify with that. And maybe because I was, I was really weird. Like for the, like I was really weird for like five years. I've been like, I've like been fine saying that I'm bi, but I've always felt pressure to be like, you know, I don't know a certain way. And now I'm just like, I'm queer. That's fine. And that's all right. So now the next thing that has been really revolutionary for me now, I fucked, unfortunately, a straight white man again, but it's okay because he's actually really iconic. But we friend, we were really good friends, and then we had sex. But have I told you about this, Elise? Oh my god, I don't think so. No, I haven't, which is kooky. So, platonic friends had sex one day, enjoying it. It's fun, but the thing that I've noticed with him is he's very communicative, and it's making my life so good. It is. So nice. And I think I've realized uh, because of my attachment issues or just because I'm an old person, all these other men that I've thought that I was in love with, it's only because they don't communicate what's going on and then I panic. It's fucking wild. So what's happened is I'm not going to tell you the full story because, guys, I have a private life too. I'll probably end up telling the full story. So basically, I'm like, I don't want a partner right now. I don't want a boyfriend. I don't want a girlfriend. I just am really busy and I feel like it will cause me a lot of stress. I also just moved to a new city. I want to like meet new people and have a fun time. This person is the same. And we had sex. And then immediately after we had sex, he was like, so how do you feel about this? Pushes hair behind ear. I was like, oh. And he was like, just like, tell me, like, because we were friends. So he was like, what's going on? Like, are we, are we friends? Fuck. Is there something more there for you? Like, just tell me, just tell me what. And I was like, you know what? Like, I actually like, we're not, I wouldn't say we're just friends at fuck. I'm not like in love with you, but like, I make, like, I have like the little, like a little, a little kind of seed of feelings that may or may not grow. And he was like, yeah, cool. And I was like, Sick. This is so good. And ever since then, we kept having all these conversations about what's going on. Like every time we hang out, when something will happen, we will preemptively discuss things of what may hurt each other. If we if we do things, for example, I asked him if he'd fuck someone that we both know. And he was like, no, no, but I might. And I was like, cool. I, 
all right. And he was like, would that upset you? And I was like, it would upset me if we were at the same party and he did it. It wouldn't upset me if he did it just randomly, like when I wasn't there, because I don't want to fight for your attention. And he's like, cool, won't do that. Uh- <laughs> I was driving and we almost crashed like four times. <laughs> don't know what's happening here i was like i have never i don't know i don't know elise have you had this is this what your relationship is like this is what my relationship is like now with the person that i'm getting married yes to. and was it always like that uh yes but i was like you i was like i don't know how to communicate my feelings and i would just have hissy fits and things and he would be like no 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 we're gonna sort this out tell me what you're really thinking because you're hiding things from me because you think I'm not going to like you, yes. but you're actually just having a normal emotional reaction to something and we need to talk about it. And I was like, I am not used to this. No, I know, I know. What are you doing? Because there was this TikTok I uploaded the other day to the It's a Lot, um, at it's a lot Pod on Instagram and it was like expressing your feelings shouldn't end in a fight or something. And I feel like I never was able to express my feelings with my with any of my exes because they were either on psycho or they would like abandon me and I would just re-traumatizing myself over and over again. Like with my ex-boyfriend who I almost said his name just then, with ex-boyfriend that I love, he would break up with me. I'd bring up any issue. Like I'd be like, hey, like, um, like I know you cheated on me last week. And I just was wondering if you could like not like not do that again again and he'd be like baby smoke a cigarette he'd be like, baby like i don't know what you want from me like i obviously like i'm just not giving you what you want so like maybe we should just end it eh? and then we'd end it and then a week later get back together so it was like over and over again re-traumatizing opening this old old wound and while this this person that i've had sex with i am 99.9 sure we're never gonna date like this is not me being like i think i found the one he's communicating it's just nice for me to have a new structure of a relationship that is like of like any interpersonal relationship that is like you can communicate your feelings like yesterday i felt i've never felt completely comfortable saying to someone oh i, I have feelings for you without it being like holy shit they're gonna run because I knew that he would answer honestly and probably, like, does feel about where I am, where it's like, yeah, I guess I like being around you and we hang out, like, twice a week and it's nice. And, like, even, like, he flaked the other day and he texted me, like, two hours before, I didn't give a fuck because I was like, oh, like, I know he wouldn't do that as a way to get out because we communicate everything. So I was like, I know he's saying he doesn't want to come over tonight because he's busy because he actually is busy and that isn't a personal attack on me. Whereas other people, I think when they don't communicate, you always assume the worst and think this is their way of distancing themselves. I was like, no, I'm going to see him in two days. Like I definitely will see him again in two days. And I, I'm concerned for myself that I'm almost 26 and this, I'm having this realisation now that this is normal. No, I was about your age. Really? When this started happening. So I, I feel like, I don't know if this, is, if this is a really common thing. Like obviously I have, I'm a bit weird with relationships, but Everyone that I've ever dated, like slept with or dated, it's always been this weird period when I'm like, can I tell them I like them? Can I communicate how I'm feeling? They've upset me. Do I say it? And now I'm like, no, like from now on, I'm just going to tell people how I feel. And if they don't want to have a conversation, then I shouldn't fucking be dating them. And then I was having a conversation with this person yesterday. I was like, you know what? People that I date should really be more like you. And it's like, yeah, it's like normal to do this. And I'm like, is it? Is it normal? Even like with like sex and like the consent around sex, like he'll be like, do you, do you want to have sex? And I'll be like, mm. and I, I have a chance to think about it. Isn't that weird? Like, I mean, it is fun. Like sometimes like start kissing and like fuck, but like he'll be like, do you want to? And I'll be like, mm, not really. And he'll be like, 
cool. And I've also realized something else. There's so many things happening with this, honestly. I said to him yesterday, I'm like, I feel like you're like healing my attachment issues. No pressure though, babe. (laughs) No, but he is. It's fucking weird. Even like with sex. So with my ex-boyfriend, we used to fuck all the time. And I always had a feeling it was because I wasn't getting emotional validation. You know how they have that thing where it's like toxic dick is the best dick or toxic sex of any kind is the best sex because you feel like you aren't getting validation or affection anywhere else. So you get it during sex. I don't want to have sex with him very much. I find him so attractive. I want to like make out with him, but I also don't really feel like I need validation. Like last night I was leaving his house and I had my period. So annoying. Side note, woke up yesterday morning. He's like, come over and have sex. I hope he's okay. Ah, oh, no, he's fine. He's fine. He also was like, you can tell him when you want. So this is great. This is everyone that I want. My besties, bestie club. And he's like, I'll come over and have sex uh, before <laughs> someone else comes over. And I was like, okay, shave my legs, shave my pussy, shave my underarms, wash my hair put on like nice smelling moisturizer, was ready to go, got there. To be fair, it took me an hour and a half. So, I mean, he was like, where the fuck are you? And I was like, I'm just getting ready, bestie. Got there, whatever, we had a day with our other friend. And then I got my period in the afternoon, so I didn't have sex. That's a sad thing. So I have a shaved poussoir and a period, which is so annoying because I look at her and I'm like, you've wasted my time. Like, (laughs) why couldn't you have waited 12 more hours? 12 hours. Like, I'm grateful that you've come, but not right now. Anyway, so, yeah, like yesterday, I was like, oh, like, should I? <laughs> also, he knows all this because why we communicate. So, it's fine for me to say there's, like, there's nothing that I can say on here that he's going to be like, what the fuck? She's crazy. In my head, I'm like, oh, do I want to, like, suck his dick? Like, not really, but, like, maybe I, um. Like, I was like, oh, like, I, like I'm horny, but, like, what's going to happen? Like, you all know that I hate cum. So, I was like, oh, where's it going to go? Like... We've also just had, like, Indonesian food. Like, I'm very full, like, yum vibes. But, like, I don't know. Like, I'm really... And then what if if it's, like, chili on his dick? You know what I mean? Like, there's sort of things going on. And I feel like if he wasn't communicating what was going on, I would have sucked his dick to get more validation. Not that he would have forced me or that he asked me, but this is all an internal thing that I was like, I'm horny. Maybe we could just kiss. No. And then I was like, no, like, I've actually, like, gotten emotional satisfaction from today and we've spoken openly about our emotions for like three hours of the day and uh, we watched a movie and like had fun and now I'm I'm gonna go home because I'm actually like completely fine with going home and being alone right now is that normal Elise yes when you were fucking way around Sydney goals I love the boundaries that I push for Elise on this podcast I have editing right so I can always if I'm really really upset about it I'll take it out so true but you won't be for this story um so when you're fucking around did you feel like if you liked someone and it isn't that you feel like you have to sleep them it's that you want to because you want validation right absolutely like there were people that I really wanted to like date date and they didn't want to but we didn't talk about it beyond me being like I'll just turn up to all your shows and like do all the things that you text me at, you know, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, and I'll come and watch the end of your dumb comedy set or whatever, because I think this is what will make you like me. Absolutely. And then, oh my God. And then also, then you don't have time to stop and think, well, do I like you? No. Or am I just trying to make you like me? Yes. Am I just doing, and this is, I again, people might be listening going, yeah, duh. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but I'm like, I, but I think this I is was valuable. Broken. I think this is valuable. I think a lot of people in their early 20s do this shit. Including me until 
mm, yesterday. <laughs> so I'm not being like young people. I'm like me until this person. Yeah, 12 hours ago. <laughs> yeah, I had this like, and I was telling him that I was having this like mind-blowing experience and we were driving again, almost crashed four times because I was like, you're telling me that we can talk about our emotions. He's like, yeah, dude, like let's just preempt things and talk this out. But I also feel like two things. You then spend all your time, yeah, getting them to like you and not thinking about if you like them and the communicating about the feelings thing and him being like, so, like, where are you? I can then stop and be like, I'm here. I'm at like a one out of ten on, like, the feeling scale. Like, I'm not in love with you. I could not care less if you fuck other people. I don't want to date you. I'm not asking for commitment. I just like being around you and I like kissing you and having sex with you. But it's not just friends that fuck. It's, it's like a little in-between okay, if you got a girlfriend, I'd be like, great, amazing. You know, it, I'm not dependent on him. But I think that if we hadn't had that conversation, you hadn't given me autonomy and emotional autonomy and being like, what do you want? How are you feeling? This is safe for you to answer. I would have been obsessed with him. In fact, I was getting obsessed. And then we had a, another conversation a couple of days. This is like, sorry, like a couple of weeks. And then I was like, oh, like, no, I'm, I really, like, I, and I was saying to him, I don't think about him and I'm not with him, except when I'm talking about him, like, right now. But I'm not talking about him in a way that's like, guys, he's so nice. I'm having some realizations here. I think also when you go around and you think, like, I can make this person like me by doing things for them. If you just spoke to them and you were like, hey, I have feelings for you. And they were like, oh, I actually don't. You'd save a lot of fucking time because that hurt and that rejection would embarrass you to a crippling degree. <laughs> And then you wouldn't go back to them. Not that you want to be embarrassed or hurt, but I think all the people that I could have just been like, hey, like, I like you this amount. I'm not asking you to commit to me, but what's going on? I would have saved a lot of petrol because uh, he might have meant that I drive around. Fucking hell. I drive. Fuck. Like, petrol isn't cheap. I say this and I drove this man for four hours this week. <laughs> No, but I did it because I, I wanted to. And I said on the way, I was like, I feel like I'm being a, a little bitch right now. And he was like, I mean, you're not. I'm super grateful. And I was like, but I'm just I'm just flagging this. And I'm not being a little bitch. I'm doing this because I I think you would do it for me. You know what I mean? So that was nice. But yeah, so I feel like I'd save a lot of petrol. And also I would save a lot of fucking time and emotional energy being like, does he like me? Just ask them. Just ask them. And then if the answer is no, great. Thanks so for telling me. TTYL. I made the mistake, which is not a mistake. It's definitely something you should do as a teen, telling someone that I liked them, which I think may have then kicked off my never, ever telling anyone my feelings again because oh. I messaged him on Facebook, was like, hey, I like you because I went to an all-girls school. Also, he lived like two hours away because I lived in the country and he lived in the Blue Mountains, which for anyone not listening, it's like a two-hour drive. And he was like, thanks so much for telling me. Um, and then that was it and left me on red for a day. And I was like, well, what do you want to do about it? And he's like, well, we can't really do anything. I live two hours away. I mean, and now he's, I mean, he was then, but he hadn't come out. He was gay. He was a gay man. And, uh, I was just like, I like you because you're really fun. And he's like, yeah, I'm fun because I'm not a sexual threat. (laughs) Oh yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah. You, you weren't understanding. No one was understanding what's going on there, but now, now it's, now I get it. It's like, oh, okay. Well that, I mean, you're right though. That hurt. At the time was awful. Mm. I was like 17. I was like, oh no, oh my God. Yeah. But then I think of the hurt that was much more prolonged from me trying to predict what other people thought. All the time. All the time. Instead of just being like, hey, is this a thing? I probably would have like had 
less pain but in a shorter period of time. Whereas the other one is like, oh, it doesn't hurt as much at the time, but it's so like so blunt. And then you wait. Well, I do anyway. I wait to have the conversation until it's over. It's it's so painful. And I'm like, I can't be around you because I have feelings for you. What is going on? And they're like, I don't know. And you're like, this is such fucking bullshit. Like, obviously, I've been I've been driving you around. I've spent so much on petrol. Although I do have great efficiency on Mazda 3. So thank you, Mazda 3. Love you. That's not sponsored. I bought in 2018. It's banged up. So <laughs> I'm sure it's not like it was an ad. But like... I've spent so much time showing you. I've sho- I've tried to show you so that I don't have to have the conversation so I can't get rejected because if I do nice things for you, you'll accept them. You'll accept my love and you'll accept my affection. And then if you reject, if you say no, then it's like, oh, like you're a dickhead for not wanting my nice affection because I'm just trying to be nice, right? And I also think that if you have the conversation now, like for example, I'm having the conversation right now. This is very fresh with this person. It isn't even a thing to be fresh, but it's only been changed pace recently. And I'm like, my feelings for you, again, are at that one out of ten area. So if he was like, no, I actually don't have feelings for you at all, I'd be like, cool. That's way easier to swallow than if we were doing this for six months and then we were like, what are we? And he's like, what are you talking about? And I've like, I've spent all this time and energy obsessing over this person. It's great. We also have like a quota of like one to two times a week we can hang out. Which I think is great because we live so close to each other that I'm like, it'll end up being this like codependent thing. And he's like, yeah, I don't want that. You don't want that. We don't want to assume things about each other. Let's just like hang out. Like last week he texted me on Sunday. He's like, new quota tomorrow. Fun. It's. I think it's fun. I think it's cute. I'm, I'm joyous. I'm not going to lie. It's like making me also realize that every man I've dated or had feelings for sucks. <laughs> not women. Women have always been very communicative. Like the moment I feel like women that have had feelings and we're like, I like you, I like you too. And it's like, then we discuss it. And they've ended up well, but I'm saying I haven't been in as much pain as men where I'm like, but he just struggles with his emotions. Then he should go to therapy and he should learn how to speak his emotions. And also he should be able to say, yeah, I like you. No, I don't. And that's fine. So I feel like something else is happening with him. There's so many fucking things that are happening with this person. But again, it's not that I'm like, He's fixing me, therefore I love him. I'm like, so I like appreciate his presence in my life and I think he's fucking sick. Like we have a lot of fun together. So obviously ex-boyfriend that I love traumatized me and then so that like fucked up my entire barometer of barometer, barometer, barometer. Sorry, everyone. How embarrassing. Barometer of, of my emotions. So I was saying to this person yesterday, I was like, I feel like I had to turn off jealousy when I was dating my ex because he was cheating on me so much and I felt like I did feel like every single girl was not even a threat I feel like he was actually fucking every girl like it wasn't that I was like they're better than me it was like oh like he's fucking uh, that person probably nothing to do with me but that's random so I couldn't feel jealous ever and this person was like how would you feel if I did this and I was allowed to be like oh like a bit jealous and it was it's something that I've had to work on in therapy, also with anger because of my ex. I never felt like I was allowed to feel anger or jealousy or anything that was like rage. Like, you know what I mean? Anything that was like a negative emotion, that, except for sad, the only negative emotion I could feel was because if I expressed any emotions that were even close to passionate, he would leave and fuck off. And it also was kind of like, I think that was like a weird way of like a gaslight and like your emotions actually aren't valid. So I never felt that way. So I've now been given, again, complete emotional autonomy. 
He's like, you can feel jealous if you want to. Just let me know this will hurt you and I will avoid hurting you. And if I do hurt you, we'll just talk about it and it will be okay. And then I was like, the only way I can, the only way I can foresee me being hurt about this is if, like I said, if in front of me we're at a party and you fuck someone that we both know, I'd be like, that's kind of shit, dude. And he's like, well, if we're ever somewhere and you're drunk, because always when I'm drunk, like, I don't think sober, I'd be upset, but I know that I get like me when I'm drunk. He's like, well, just pull me aside and tell me and I'll explain things or we'll talk about it and you can express your feelings and then like the the pressure will be let off and you'll probably feel better. And I was like, yeah, because the thing that drives you fucking mad, especially when you're drunk, is that you can't talk about it and you're like, oh, and you go to the bathroom and cry. He's like, just come and talk to me and we'll sort it out. And then we can see if you want to go home or if, or you could, like, honestly, and this isn't him gaslighting me, this is true. I could be, like, imagining that he wants to fuck this girl. You know what I mean? So, am I healing? I don't know. Like, something's happening here, but it's great. Also, like, anger. Like, I'm allowed to feel angry. I'm allowed to feel jealous with him, which is nice because I never, I don't feel like I was ever allowed to do that because every man that I've ever brought up those emotions to either calls me crazy or ignores me. And doesn't want to talk about it and is like, nah, sorry. So that's really joyous to me. He's probably going to listen to this because he likes hearing me talk about him. But narcissistic vibes, if you're listening. Kidding. He's not a narcissist. Okay, so I got this DM from someone and I don't know if I replied to her, but I'm going to use it for the podcast. So, Illy babe, I'm sure I did. Okay, this is the DM that I got and I thought it was very interesting. At least chime in if you want to, as per... Me permission, as though we don't have conversations on here. Gal, love your work and all you do. Thank you so much. I didn't mean to include that. Almost feel like we're the same person, not in a psycho way. Fun. We just genuinely have the same vibes, energy. I've recently worked through some mental health stuff and now I've been having casual sex with a few dudes. Love this for me. Me too. But last night I was genuinely so drunk and slept with a dude and now I'm shame spiraling. Why does this happen to women? Why do we punish ourselves? Yes, I was pissed as fuck, but also who cares? Be a hot mess and get a root is my mantra. <laughs> Iconic. But still, I have major anxiety. I just wanted to get your take on this. Sometimes a gal just needs other gal's perspective. I understand this. It could have to do with just like anxiety and just being anxious after you do things when you fuck people. Also, I wanted you to make sure that when we're drunk, we're fucking people that we actually want to fuck. Not because we want validation. I'm not sure if you've heard, but I've had an epiphany lately. Um, no, but this is something that like I do when I'm drunk because I don't really have sex much anymore. Like I know you all think that I'm like fucking having a root every night. So I'm simply not. I've had sex like four times this year. Because I used to fuck to get that validation like Elise and I was saying before. And now if I start passing someone, I know that I don't have to have sex with them. I can just have a kiss and then I can move on. You're saying that you enjoyed it. So I don't want to be like, make sure it was consensual. I'm saying make sure it's what you really, really, really want to do at the time. But when we're drunk and horny, I also get it. When we're drunk and horny, things change. Now, why does this happen to women? I mean, I think it might happen to everyone, every gender, but I also think it particularly happens to women because of, obviously, why the patriarchy? I mean, is there anything really new here? Obviously, it happens to you because uh, patriarchal standards of women not being sexualized are the norm in our society and you've been raised to see media in which women doing the quote-unquote walk of shame is a negative thing and sleeping with a lot of guys, you know, makes you late. Even though it doesn't, we all know this, we all know this, you know, Josh, your dick isn't big enough to make any dents. (laughs) 
but but nothing is nothing is so you you have this internalized misogyny or is slut phobia a word let's make it a word you're ashamed of your sexuality in like internally and i understand that you're empowered and i feel like no matter how empowered we get to it's kind of like i am super obviously sexually empowered and i don't i don't give a fuck if i sleep with people but sometimes i do feel this way and i'm like oh was that the right thing to do? And I did even feel like until maybe a couple of years ago that even though I knew logically it didn't, I still kind of felt like fucking new people like took something away from me. You know, thing of like you fuck old people to not get your numbers up. That was me when I was like 19. But then I realized that's fucking dumb because if you want to fuck someone, you should just have sex with them, right? But I think that that's why this happens to you is because you have this internalized preconditioning to feel that way about yourself and about other women as well so that's why you feel like shit i mean you punish yourself again for the same reasons i feel like now that you're punishing yourself for punishing yourself so now you're sitting there and being like oh i feel shame that's really shit why do i feel that way maybe you're being like i'm not a good feminist like i'm not as liberated as i thought i am no no i think you're fine at least what do you think i think it, i think the issue is if you think about it, the next morning, you can feel shit. Maybe we need to think about when we're having sex that's drunk, if we really want, if that's the thing we want, that's the number one thing we want for that night, not just like I'm passionate this person. So like I should probably fuck and then you feel shit the next morning because you're like, I wasn't that into that. Thoughts? As someone who felt this a lot when I mm. did my rootin', down, down tootin' rootin'. Rootin' boot. Am I right, Elise? Oh, am, am I, I right, am boys? I am I right? Post not clarity. Am I fucking right? boys, yeah. Um, <laughs> my main thing is, and I've only actually started realizing this now that I work on a mindfulness podcast, I am having a feeling I am not the feeling. So I can feel shitty often because I took a depressant the night before, which is alcohol mm. and I am having heightened states of anxiety. I'm a lot more aware of my feelings in my body and my thoughts are a little bit jumbled. And so even before any of my, any of my preconditioning comes in, mm. you're already in a heightened state. You can feel shame, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are a shame. Like I'm sad or I'm worried or I'm a bit anxious about this thing that I did, but also this is your feelings are not permanent. It's very existential, sorry. Oh, my God, but my brain has expanded so much in the past 24 hours. What is happening to me? I have therapy this afternoon. She's going to be so proud of this. No, I'm just like, you can that feel so that true. way, but just take lots of deep breaths and realize, like, think, do you really think that about yourself or is it your worry? And your worry isn't going to last. Ooh, and are you trying to place the worry on something? Yeah. Are you just feeling anxious and yucky yeah, and you're a bit, a bit rudderless and you're a bit wobbly and you're just like, where where am I? What feels what permanent? What make me feel this way? Yeah. Where, where am I feeling permanent right now? Am I anchored? I'm not. And this, maybe it's because of this thing that happened. Oh, but I did it. So maybe I'm the problem. It's like, no, no, you're not the problem. It's a thing that's happened. You're trying to place your emotions and you're a bit discombobulated. You're probably a fucking legend who had a great gasm, but you just can't remember it right now because you're hungover as hell. Yeah. So well, long as you were safe. Wow, I wish you leaves with my therapist. You really um, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got some nightmare fuel? I want to share this one because I. It's really. It's not nightmare fuel. It was just something really lovely someone sent in, and I feel like oh. we should finish this episode in the theme of like self empowerment vibe. Ah. Hey, Abby, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> I just wanted to let you know it's not any nightmare fuel or anything of the sort. It's actually quite the opposite. I have struggled for the last, let's say, eight years with fatigue whilst driving. I have to power nap every 20 or 30 minutes and it becomes really quite 
quite difficult to get from one place to another. I have a history of family sleep disorders, so that's why. And I, don't worry, I have seen the doctor about it. But ever since I've started listening to your podcasts, I have not had to do any power naps. I've been able to go drive for an hour plus the whole way just listening to your amazing podcasts. So I don't know, you might be a bit of a medical phenomenon. I'm not sure. Of course, no one take this advice because it's different for everybody. But for me, it's working and I am wide awake. So thank you so much. I'm wide awake. I was in the dark. (laughs) That is the best thing I've ever heard. I'm so excited for her. That would be so fucking frustrating without having to stop and sleep. Oh, my God, that's so exciting. I know what else to say except thank you, Illy. That's beautiful. But, yeah, no one take that as medical advice, please. I feel like someone's going to come and sue me. But I love that she gave the caveat. She was like, it's like saying allegedly six times, you know. Allegedly, I've not been falling asleep. That is wonderful. Thank you so much for letting me know. Let's do a nightmare fuel anyway because I feel like um, people come for everyone having bad times, not good times. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's horrible. I believe you did that. What the fuck? Would you mind just not going out with him again? So I work as a doctor. Medical themed episode from us. Oh my God. What a Grey's Anatomy. And a few years ago, I was working in a sexual health clinic and I was about to see my next patient. I looked down to know which name to call out and... There was a pretty basic name on there, so it could have been anyone's name, but for some reason it looked familiar, but I couldn't place it. So I went to call out this name in the waiting room and this guy stands up and we make eye contact. And I think at that moment we both realized that we'd been on a date the year prior. I saw panic momentarily cross his face. Um, So I gestured for him to come into my office and I said to him, look, obviously this is a bit awkward. You don't have to see me if you don't want to. Um, I can get you in with another doctor, but um, we were pretty busy, so he might not have been seen that day if he didn't see me. And I think at that moment he didn't want to make it weird, so he was like, nah, this is totally fine. Don't be silly. Anyway, the next 30 minutes is us delving into how many sexual partners he's had, what kind of sex he likes to have, his symptoms, which were recurrent thrush of his penis hole. And then to top it all off, I knew I had to swab his penis. As much as I tried to maybe work my way around it. Now, obviously, she's a doctor, you know. The recurrent thrush. Go to the doctor. Check it out. No no shame in getting thrush. It is. And also, he would have gone, it's so painful or itchy. I don't know what thrush feels like um, on, a, on a penis. But I imagine it's similar to thrush of the vajuts. And... You would be like, I can't, I can't wait a day. I, I'm so uncomfortable. And he's just gone. It's like imagine getting pap smear from from a guy you've gone on one date with. Imagine. Also, I love it that she had to swap the penis hole. She had to get, ow, ow, ow. That's beautiful. Is there more? As much as I tried to maybe work my way around it, there was no way I could practice good medicine and not swab his penis. There is no way I could not swab that penis. <laughs> Someone is going to get off to that. <laughs> there is no way I could not. There's no way. I, I have, what's it called? Hippocratic oath? Yes. Is that what it's called? I have an oath to uphold. I had to swab 
that penis. I got another nurse to come in with me to just sort of offset it. And I mean, we'd never even kissed when we went on that date. <laughs> oh my god, I just bit I just, I just bit I just bit the microphone because I was laughing. <laughs> They hadn't even kissed. I was going to say I wish I could call her and see if it was a good day, but obviously it wasn't a good day. There was obviously no spark there. We literally went for coffee and now I literally had his penis in my hand and I was sticking a swab into the end of it. <laughs> I can't. This would happen as if you were a doctor. Or like imagine me like a psychologist, you know, and like that. Like, like, like this would, this is, I've never thought. Nurses as well. You would see people that you've that you've dated or fucked, but it's it's it would be better if they'd had sex because she's seen it. He's been inside her. Now she was inside him. You know what I mean with the swab. Wow. But to be fair, he was pretty brave through the whole process. Pretty much making out as though it was fine. But I tell you, I have never been so awkward in my whole life. Wow. Wow, that was certainly something. Um, I mean, I'm I'm so proud of her for being so professional and swabbing that penis as she needed to. When a penis needs a swabbing, you know, that's the doctor's mantra, isn't it? Proud of her. We love you. Also, I hope one day to get a doctor just like you because I've had, side note, this is like a whole other story, but I have had male doctors refuse to look at my poussoir. I had two in like a couple of weeks. This is a whole other story that we can keep in. Look at this guy. It's a little bit of an extra story. My hymen, I think, broke like half broke apparently when I was little because I went period when I was 10. So I was using tampons from age 10. So my hymen was like half broken. And therefore it was like kind of like, like it like. <laughs> I, uh, I feel like we need to put a medical disclaimer in there that like that is not the sound that That's a broken sound. hymen makes. Oh yeah, that's what it sounds. But it was like I'm like it was like it she's was also like, making gestures like a octopus you know, tentacles. You know, I'm in Futurama. Oh that, yes, that, that doctor. Um, that's like that's yeah. why I said that because it's like this. Yeah, okay. It was like that. Okay, so okay, I think we should, so it's like. And then the person I slept with, she called it Dingleberry, and we thought it was so funny. Like my ex-boyfriend called Dingleberry, and it was just like a funny joke that I had with all my partners because it wasn't. It didn't like come out, but if I had sex, obviously it got engorged with blood, and and then it got it got bigger. But I'm not saying like big. It was like if you opened my meaty pussy, then in look at Alicia's face, then inside you could see that it was like. Right? And, like, it wasn't anything bad, but I got really scared one day because I was having sex with someone, a lot of sex in a day, and it went dark purple. And I think it's because it twisted around and then the blood. And I was like, I have cervical cancer. Because if you look up the diagrams, when it's, like, really bad, it comes down. And I was like, holy fuck, I've had cancer for this. And I've always laughed at it, called it Dingleberry. Like, I took a day off work. I was crying. I was like, I'm going to die. Like, And also because this is when, so when I was younger, pap smears were from when you were sexually active every two years and they changed it to 25 this is when i was 23 and i was like fuck the government i was like <laughs> i was like they could have prevented this like i was so upset so i don't get a pap smear if 25 and older get a pap smear please this is your reminder and your sign anyway went to the doctor i'm like shaking i'm like i think that there's something really wrong with my vaginal canal and the doctor was like well i can't i can't look at it and i had photos and i was like i have photos can you look at it and he was like no. And I was like, I think I have cervical cancer. 
I didn't, but I was fucking 20, 22, 23 and freaking the fuck out about my poussoir and he just wouldn't look at it. And then he said to come back the next day for a female doctor to look at it. And then the next week, then I went to a different female doctor who was amazing, who did the most pap smears in Queensland ever. She was about 17. She became a regular GP, loved her. She chopped it out. It was just my hymen. Um, so she cut Dingleberry off. Rest in peace, Dingleberry. Side note for that, they had to put anesthetic into each labia. It was fucked. I was in the stirrups. There were two nurses holding each arm. It was like a bloody saw film, but it was just Dingleberry. I could make a film about it called Dingleberry. And then we come to that ID UTI and I was telling the doctor about it and I was like, yeah, sorry, it's, I think it's a UTI, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, so what does it feel like down there? And I was like, my vagina? And he was like, yeah, down there. And wouldn't say the word vulva, vagina, clitoris, urethra, just kept saying down there. Got no. A good GP is a really good GP. Yeah. I have seen some rubbish ones in my time. I've seen some. So I've seen mostly amazing ones, except for those two, and it was in two weeks. This would be my reminder to say to people: if in doubt, get a second medical opinion. Yeah, you can have a shit doctor who won't call your vagina your vagina. No, they won't. That's so strange. Yeah, it was really weird, and I was like, and I was saying, can you? And it concerned me deeply because I was like, you're not even saying the word vagina, urethra, uterus, like anything. Because I think he was trying to figure out if I had had like an STI or if it was UTI. Or thrush, you know? You know how you can figure that out? By looking at it. Yeah. Usually that's like the first thing that you do. Yeah, just like first you'd be like, yep, cool, that's what you've got. Now let's go test it. Yeah, yeah. It was very frustrating. Yeah, it was really, really frustrating. Although, you know, there there are a lot of really amazing GPs. So this is the thing, just go to a different GP if they're doing shit like that. But yeah, that's my my dingleberry story. I want to remember that that GP's name because she was amazing in Queensland, but I'm not going to look it up because, I mean... Maybe she's retired. She was like, I want to say like 70. And she was iconic. She did my medicals for The Bachelor. She did my Bachelor in Paradise medical. She's like, you got on. I watched you. She was so cute. Um, but yeah, so if you have a dingleberry, um, it's probably just your hymen. And you can get it cut out if it's annoying you, but don't bother if it's not. It would just cause me pain during penetrative sex. All right, guys. Love you. What a lovely, what a medical themed episode. Uh, all of this is not to be taken as medical oh, advice. No, 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 no. And please uh, don't WebMD your symptoms. Go and see a doctor. And see a good GP <laughs> that will say the word vagina. Yep. Thank you. Thank you.